Welcome to the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Harrison Fagan. Harrison, fair warning. You could probably see it on my face a little bit. It's uh, my, my body has been through a lot the last couple weekends is the way I'll say it. I mean, your body's been through a lot over the course of your life, I will say. I think like just, you know, just not not just your face, but, you know, <laughs> like I could just tell, you know, from knowing you for a long time and knowing the things that you put your body through on a weekly, sometimes daily basis in terms of consumption of certain substances and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's vegetables. Yes, exactly. Vegetarian can be really hard on the body. Like, <laughs> literally, just ate a prime rib dinner. Yeah. Um, so today's show, we have a couple kind of straggler topics that that Harrison and I are going to get to. They're I'm doing somewhat related. Somewhat, somewhat related. related. Uh, there was a report uh, apparently from Sean Devaney of Heavy dot com, which is a thing that apparently exists. <laughs> Um, <laughs> like if I would have told you, dude, heavy.com, that's going to be about basketball. I mean, I, I don't think it's just about basketball to, I I've only seen them in a basketball context with Devony and Scoop B, but yeah, I knew, I knew that they existed. Like I, I, I know you didn't because you don't read, but like they, they've been around for a while. I, I knew they existed. Okay. Anthony starting another like media feud for us um, just right off the bat, <laughs> starting the off season with some fireworks. Uh, just like, yeah, I guess that exists. <laughs> it is indeed a, a, a website. People go and read about basketball on. So apparently according to Devaney, uh, Derek Rose is a focal point of the Lakers uh, attempts or is going to be a focal point of their attempts at upgrading their uh, point guard positional rotation uh this is we are we are officially in agents using the lakers for leverage season well especially because if you really if you read this report it's a it like it's a, a third party gm saying that this stuff they think this stuff is more likely to happen now than it was the trade deadline which like i mean no duh like i could tell you it's more likely now than it was at the trade deadline you know like like I don't need like a GM to tell me that. Like you know, it's just midseason trades are hard to make work. Derrick Rose clearly didn't want to like uproot himself midseason. Like you know, like there were real things there that were stopping that deal from getting done. And so yeah, like of course it's more likely now. There's one year left on the contract. Pistons probably want to get something for him. Um, like there's a lot of reasons why it's more likely to happen now that you don't necessarily need an executive to tell you. Which is that is the main reason I think that we are going to talk about this today. And then on the back end of the show, we're gonna. Get Get into uh, Taylor Horton Tucker's season as we begin our Lakers season and review series with I you know I will say she's become like a rock star on Lakers Twitter you know if you know what I mean like she's a new addition to Lakers Twitter a very special guest that's a that's a little bit of a tease uh, mm. for all of you uh, in the second half of this is going to join Anthony and I to talk about THT. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, so like the reason that I, we're talking about this is not just because of that report that an executive thinks that's going to happen. It's the same thing as like other executives think LeBron's going to try and trade for Chris Paul. Like, yeah, I mean, that's like his best friend. Of course, he's going to try and trade for him. Like, is that going to happen? I don't know. But you're right. A, a big another part of this is like agents 
you know, trying to get stories out there, teams trying to get stories out there to either like ra- like raise the value of like in Derrick Rose's case, like it it definitely benefits the Pistons to have the Lakers name connected to this, and it benefits his agent as well to have the Lakers connected to this to try and get the bidding up for a guy that clearly did not have the market that the Pistons were hoping he would at the trade deadline because they couldn't even get a first rounder for him. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. And I don't know, you and I were talking about this before we went live. And I'm of the opinion that I don't think they desperately need to upgrade their point guard position. Like, it just doesn't seem like something that they absolutely need to do. Now, it it just depends on the way that you think a a season is going to go or, or your priorities heading into a season because... Like, do you want the Lakers on a more nightly basis during the over the course of a regular season? Do you want them to be better in that regard? Or do you want to roll the dice again and see if they can find some magic there with playoff Rajon Rondo or or see how that goes? Rondo uh, apparently is, is heading towards free agency. So is Contavious Caldwell-Pope. He's probably going to opt out as well. So you're looking at a, a, a point guard rotation potentially of Avery Bradley, Alex Caruso, and Quinn Cook, I guess? Quinn Cook, possibly. Quinn Cook has $1 million guaranteed on his deal. I'm actually writing about this for later this week. He, $1 million of his $3 million salary is guaranteed, which makes him kind of a useful piece for potential trades for, say, a Derrick Rose or like as salary matching that a team mm-hmm. can then save some money on when especially we know that there are going to be a lot of teams looking to save money and cut costs because of how much revenue the NBA lost due to both the pandemic and the China situation from last preseason where mm-hmm. you know a lot of games weren't getting broadcast there because of that so I think like there are a lot of reasons why like something like this might potentially be on the table and the other guy that you neglected to mention fittingly you know given what we're going to talk about later in this show Taylor Horton Tucker who like not a traditional point guard but kind of is like a ball handler and like has played that role some during his career even though he's a bigger guy Um, why why am I I feel like I'm in the minority on this one because Pete is of the belief too that THT is going to be in the rotation in some way, shape, or form next year. I just well, don't hold see on, it. hold on. We'll talk. We'll talk about that in the second half of this. We will get into that. Um, okay. But like, just in the context of like, I think that is what what you just mentioned of potentially your sort of starting point guard and KCP. Like at least you're starting like point guard defender mm-hmm. potentially being gone. Rondo, who wasn't even good during the regular season and was the reason they were looking at Rose in the first place at the trade Mm -hmm. deadline, like was because of how bad Rondo was like, are you and is he going to bring playoff Rondo in the regular season next year, even if he's back? Like, I kind of doubt that. But then even if he and then if he leaves, you're kind of more starved for ball handling somewhere. So I understand why guys like this are being looked at by the Lakers and are being linked to the Lakers as like plausible candidates for them to go after an upgrade on and stuff like that. I'm just not sure that like Derrick Rose makes sense as a fit specifically for a lot of re- like I understand the reason for linking like I understand he can, he can handle the ball some he can like create off the dribble a little bit like he can uh, like he can serve as that ball hand that secondary ball handler for you I just don't know if I like the fit like I don't know where you are on that No I I mean you look at the reasons why Rondo fit last year and it was a lot of you know understanding of the game 
instinctual stuff, the way that he and LeBron kind of think about the game. They have a lot in common there. Uh, Rose is not that kind of player. He's not somebody you would think is, you know, a very smart NBA player. One of my favorite tweets of all time was from uh, M. Brown, right? Where he was like, it was one of those days where Derek Rose went missing. And he said that Derek Rose is, is probably out somewhere pushing a pole door. And, and oh my God. <laughs> he does like, he really does like not necessarily do the best job of taking what the defense is giving him. He kind of has no. like, at least in my experience watching him. And again, I haven't watched every game Derek Rose has, always, has ever played. So, and I certainly didn't watch every game he played with the Pistons last year. So who knows? Maybe he's a totally different player now, but I, he has always struck me as like a one speed guy. And when he was yeah. an MVP candidate, that one speed was amazing because like more often than not, that was great because he was like one of the fastest guys with the ball in the league, really explosive athlete who could dunk on you if you weren't careful like since then obviously he still has flashes and he had a productive season last year like he averaged 18.1 points per game like I understand why that is a guy that you know your casual fan is like let's bring him in 18 points a game former MVP let like he's a big name like of course everyone wants to bring him in but then I saw like the Pistons blog our, our, you know, our sister site, Detroit Bad Boys, was saying like they wouldn't even want Kyle Kuzma for him for one year of Derrick Rose. Like that's how highly the Pistons fan base. And it, it is a funny thing of like some Lakers fans were like, of course you trade Kuz for that. Because I asked on Twitter, I wanted to see kind of get a barometer of where people were at. And it seemed like most people were kind of of the mind that you and I are of like, why are you giving up assets for this guy on an expiring deal? Like especially if it's Kuzma even though his value is lower than it probably was last summer, like it's still mm-hmm. not like he's still one of the Lakers more valuable assets as a, whether it's as a sweetener, as the primary force of a deal, whatever. I don't know why you're giving that up for a guy who's like an iffy fit. We saw him play with LeBron in Cleveland. And I know that that was a different roster context and all of that stuff, but just strictly from a basketball standpoint, without getting into it's the character stuff, like, you know, he, like the like the crimes that he was accused of a number of years ago, he was accused of he I mean, he was eventually acquitted of uh, gang rape of gang rape charges. But like, that's a serious, serious accusation. And the mm-hmm. circumstances of that trial were a little iffy with like the jurors posing for selfies with him afterward. Like this, you know, I'm not saying again, I'm not I can't say in a court of law whether or not someone is guilty or whatever or not of some, anything. But like there's question marks here beyond the basketball fit. And then when you factor in that he's on like not to equate this with a contract situation or whatever but it's just like there is nothing about this from basketball personality whatever that makes me go oh yeah let's bring that guy in can i be completely honest yeah i haven't go for it. i i haven't thought at all about roster construct for next year's team even a little bit i mean i, I just i really I, want to enjoy like i've really enjoyed just looking back and and loving the season that was. And and eventually I'm sure my brain will kind of move on to what what the team might look like next year and where they could potentially upgrade. But it certainly hasn't jumped to that topic in regards to Derrick Rose. Like that's not somebody that I'm sitting here chomping at the bit to 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 potentially add to a roster that hey, by the way that just won the title. Won a championship. And and what are we doing and, this? And and you're doing and you're doing that like we know now what kind of point guard fits alongside LeBron James, right? 
And we like, all thought not... Rondo wasn't it, but when he succeeded, he changed fundamentally the way that he played in a couple of ways. Like, yeah. he was more of a willing shooter, like at least that would get shots up and make the defense pun- like punish them for leaving him, which he did not really do in the regular season. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that there, there were fundamental changes, and he played faster. Like, there were things that he did to change the way that he played. And he's also, as you mentioned, a much more cerebral player that even there if is. basketball, like, skill-wise fit isn't perfect, like, can figure out smart ways to make himself useful without the ball in his hands Derrick Rose had a what was his usage rate last year like he was like a 28 percent usage rate last year (laughs) yeah that sounds about right he always had the ball and it's like, yeah, he, he, he took 20.9 shots per 36 minutes last year. Like, that's not a guy that you necessarily are going to fit alongside LeBron when they don't bring anything else. Like, he's a mediocre shooter. He shot like 30 percent. Not a very good like, defender. Yeah, he's not. He's a bad defender, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, like this is not a guy like that. I think that you should really be giving up any assets for beyond maybe like Quinn Cook's contract and like a conditional pick or something like that. Like, I'm certainly not like the rumors were that the Pistons tried to get Alex Caruso for him last year. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, I would laugh if they asked for Alex Caruso for this version of Derrick Rose. I'm sorry. I just don't think that he's necessarily a guy that helps this Lakers team in any meaningful way. Well, At least also, more than that outweigh the downsides. And like this team just won a title. These guys can play. Mm-hmm. I, this is the same way I feel, by the way, about the Chris Paul trade, which I think you're more inclined to do because Chris Paul is just better at basketball than, than Derrick Rose. By he's a also lot, a much, right? much better fit. Like much yeah. better. And he's and he's a better fit. Like he can shoot. He still cares about defense. You know, he's a smart player. A lot of the stuff that we said about Rajon Rondo and why that worked would also apply to Chris Paul. He's like but the Charizard of Rondo, like basically. Like he, he was well, second team all NBA last year. He's still really but, good. But does but does he is he thirty-eight times more valuable than Rajon Rondo would have been? Or or whatever. What's what what's the league minimum? Because that's what Rondo was on. Yeah, Rondo was making like I think it was like two million without okay, having the so, salary so, pulled up in front of me. So is he nineteen times more valuable than Rajon Rondo? Right? Because he's, <laughs> he's making... nineteen times more valuable than regular season Rondo. Uh playoff well, Rondo, sure. I think that's more of a debate. But like my, my my thing here, like whenever you're talking about roster construct, you're talking about allocation of resources. And I just don't think given the kind of talent that LeBron James is and the way that he operates, you don't need to allocate such a large chunk of your of your of your allocation of resources to a, that position. Like where where the Lakers where the Lakers need to allocate all of the resources is to wing defenders. Because that's that's who they're going to be dealing with. They're going to see Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in some way, shape, or form next year. I they're mean, to, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> we'll see. But like, they're they're going to be dealing with Kevin Durant is going to be back in the NBA next year. Like you're you're you obviously you're going to have to probably go through Giannis at some point. And maybe if we all well, we all I'm thought sure, those things this year, but yeah, well, I, I, your point is taken. Yes, if it's in Milwaukee or if it's in Golden State, you're still probably going to have to go through Giannis, and and like I just don't think Chris Paul really helps you do that. I don't think I don't think a player at that position really moves the needle there. The way that the Lakers were so were so successful this year, especially defensively, did you see the difference when they added Markeith Morris? And when Kyle Kuzma started playing decently on defense, like yeah, they need so, to be able, they need to be able to switch. They need to be to, to out physical everybody, and you you're just not really going to do that with 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 that giant and upgrade and that in in the Rose case that giant to hold defensively as you would have if he's on the roster. 
Yeah, so I, I think that you touched on a couple things there that are in, that are interesting and important parts of this discussion, like the wing defense one most particularly, because whether you're talking about trading, you know, I'm just saying theoretically, this wasn't necessarily the report, but like theoretically, you're offering Kuzma for Rose. Like, I honestly think that you're getting a worse and less useful player for the playoffs. I know Lakers yeah. fans are down on Kuzma, but Kuzma played pretty solid wing defense when he wasn't guarding Jimmy Butler during the playoffs. And, the thing and that even Kuzma does Butler, is a lot more viable okay. than what Derrick Rose does. Like yeah. the, the, the stuff that Kyle Kuzma was even mediocre at is is a lot more valuable than the things Derrick Rose excels at. Like, let me tell you exactly what, like, teams, at least in the playoffs, like, I'm not saying that they, like, panic over Kyle Kuzma or anything like that. Like, we saw him get exploited on offense at times and whatever, Mm -hmm. but he has other pitches he can go to and other adjustments. Like, if defense just start sagging off Derrick Rose in minutes with LeBron, like, all of a sudden, you just don't have a lane. Like, I'm sorry, you just don't. And there's no amount of three-point shooting that they're going to make, go out and make him guard. And then also, like, he he can't defend at all. And, Mm -hmm. like, you have... Kuzma you have and then in the case of Chris Paul like you're sending out possibly Danny Green as well possibly Avery Bradley Bradley. like in some deal constructions like maybe you're losing KCP at that point as well too like depending on if you try to do a sign and trade thing whatever like you're losing a lot of wing defenders that were part of the Lakers biggest strength this year and while Paul is a better defender than Rose is obviously he's not a wing defender and again like I still would be more inclined to make the deal for Paul but I do think that there's a genuine concern there of okay if you send out all of these wings or even in Rose's case, if you just sound out one, are you detracting from a strength and just creating another weakness somewhere else versus like really addressing something that you need to address? Like, I think there are arguments to be made on both sides, but especially where it comes to Rose, I would argue more that you want that wing defense, even in an imperfect player in Kyle Kuzma, or at least to save him for another for another move that better addresses like actual flaws and is more like, Pro, or and it's more likely to actually address issues that you're going to have. Yeah. Yeah, like I the mean, only reason the, the reason to deal for Paul, like if I can just make like the elevator pitch case is basically like I think it raises your ceiling, which when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the roster, you should always be trying to do. I do think that it potentially drops your floor because if it doesn't work, then all of a sudden your depth is completely shot. But I think that the argument for it is you're capped out either way. Why not try and add one of the best point guards in the NBA that's a perfect fit with LeBron and we know chemistry wise works with him in AD like that. That's the argument that I'd make for it is if you're capped out either way potentially like really swing for the fences but I also understand why people are like somewhat reticent about it and I think that he's making too much for it to realistically have like I don't think it's going to happen I think they'll look into it but I don't think it's going to happen yeah it's just it's so many moving parts to land somebody making that much money on on right now and his number is going to go up I think right now he's making 38.5 and it might jump up to 40 I believe it's 40 next season and 41 the following if I'm remembering that correctly that's just a lot of money. Who, by the way, at some point, a small point guard, their production tends to fall off cliffs. Yeah, he can, t- the difference is he can shoot. So, like, that helps him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that'll and, help. Yeah, but, like, you're right. Like, that, you know, we all said that about Nash, too, and we saw what happened there. Yeah, and so, you know, I, it would be, it, obviously, it's something that LeBron is probably going to really want. And at the end of the day, what LeBron wants is going to is gonna be pretty high up Looked on the at, list. at least, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be pretty high up on the priority list, but 
It's just so much money. Yeah, Anthony, he called he called Oklahoma City the slums when he was uh, when he was talking about what Chris Paul brought and how people wrote him off because he got shipped to the slums were <laughs> his words. Uh, that was during the playoffs, like after Oklahoma City got eliminated by Houston and whatever. And again, like, you know, if he's calling that team the slums of the NBA, like, do you think don't you think he maybe wants to get like, you know, Bronny's godfather out of there potentially and help him try and win a ring like. Was that him calling OKC like the heavy.com of, of the NBA? Oh my God. All right. Uh, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to ignore that one. And we're just going to move on from that. Do you have any last points on road? Like I, I just don't, I beyond potentially like helping save some possessions where LeBron has to handle the ball during the regular season. Like I'm just not sure that he helps. And I know that he averages 18 points a game and he scored like his highlights are exciting. So people like him, like, you know, just want him, but I don't think that he's that valuable of an NBA player, to be honest. Well, there's that, you know, which at the end of the day, it all, it, that's all that really matters is, is whether or not we think like, I'll put it this way. Rose has a good, individual season but did Detroit ever matter last year no no and it's not it's not I don't think it's it's a coincidence right when yeah. you when you when you set aside 20 percent or 28 percent of your possessions devoting all of that to Derrick Rose doing Derrick Rose things you're not going to be very good. And I think Look, that's this is not Derrick Rose's fault, but Detroit was 20 and 46 last season. Like he was scoring yeah. 18 points a game, but that's not a real 18 points a game. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. Well, and, and I don't know that Rose really knows any other way to play. Right. I don't, he's not somebody who I think is ever going to be very comfortable as a catch and shoot guy. And no. we know about what he does on defense, which is another issue. Uh, in, in and of in and of itself. He, oh, I, I'm sorry. I underestimated his usage rate. He actually had a higher usage rate than Blake Griffin did in the 18 games that Blake played. Derrick Rose had a 30.3 percent usage rate last year, the highest on the Pistons. Like that's empty calories. Like I'm sorry. Yeah. I know he scored 18 points a game, but that, that like I don't think that those 18 points a game are going to transfer to the Lakers, and he's going to get the same criticism that Kuzma got this year, where Kuzma wasn't scoring 18 anymore, and everybody decided that he sucked now, even though he's probably even at his lower scoring average a more valuable player to the Lakers than he was when he was scoring a bunch absolutely because he's found other ways to impact the game like I'm not sure that well the the way the way that the way that basketball works if I can just kind of boil it all down and be hugely reductivist the way that basketball works is somebody is going to score those points right you're not gonna you're not gonna average 60 points a game in the in the NBA, they're too good. Guys are too good. So somebody is going to do that scoring. It's just a matter of how efficiently are you doing that scoring? How efficiently are you producing the the scoring that any NBA team is is able to produce? And when you have a Derrick Rose on your team, he's going to be responsible for a certain amount of production if you give him the ball for as often as, as Detroit was giving him the ball. The problem is the, the, the team's ceilings are defined by how efficiently that production actually occurs. And when you have Derrick Rose and you're giving him the ball that much, that team ceiling is super low. And I would, I would, probably, I would probably say that if the, the Lakers added Derrick Rose, 
they're lowering their ceiling. Just like we talked about with Chris Paul probably ups the ceiling with 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 uh pairing him with LeBron and AD probably raises the ceiling, maybe lowers the floor a little bit. Derrick Rose probably lowers your floor and lowers the ceiling. Uh, he just he, he doesn't really make much sense for what the Lakers need at that position. Yeah, and uh, like especially if you're sending out assets to get him, like uh, as a yeah. buyout guy, I can see the arguments. Like even if yeah. like still like it's not perfect, and I think that he makes this like very likable team a lot less likable. Like in addition to all that Basically. stuff and harder to root for. Like I I think that like you know just from a basketball standpoint, like obviously if you can get something, like we were all kind of iffy on Markeith fit last year, but if you can get him mm-hmm. for free. Like you mm-hmm. get him for free and then he actually worked out great. And so maybe Rose could do that, but I'm not sure that it's the same conversation if you're actually sending out assets to go and get him. Yeah. What's the most you'd be willing to offer? Like Quinn Cook and like a second rounder, maybe just because Quinn didn't even play. So like real, like maybe. THT. Wow, that is disrespectful. All right, I'm bringing that take up when we we are going to be we are going to take a break and then we are going to be back in a second with uh, a very special guest. And we are back on the Silver Screen and Roll podcast with Harrison, and I am joined by Anthony, and I am also joined for this segment by a special guest. I just like I felt bad because I know that she was feeling left out. Like Anthony, you unfortunately have set too high of a standard for me by constantly bringing your wife on your podcast. But like the difference that I always try to explain to my wife is that like Anthony's wife has an area of expertise that can bring value to the show. But you know, I finally was stuck here because you finally had an area of expertise to bring value to the show. So my my wife, Mia Fagan, Mia Agraviador, you know, as she goes by on Twitter, because even though she changed her name, she's not changing it on Twitter. I'm not bitter about it at all. But the foremost Taylor Horton Tucker stand on Lakers Twitter, I kind of hinted that you were maybe Halsey in the first segment. So you have a lot to live up to. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot for that, too. You're just setting me up to fail. But that's fine. who's Halsey. Can I ask that? Oh, my God. Did you say are you who's, see- who's Halter? Halsey. Halsey. Who's Halsey? Are you this old? Are you okay? I'm very old. <laughs> oh, Usually- that's right. You only listen to like country music, huh? Well, I even, no, I mean like, you know, we, we, we will throw some pop on there like occasionally and some contemporary stuff, but I yeah, don't Anthony's recognize. Like, we put on Michael Jackson sometimes. <laughs> no, he's canceled. Yeah. No, yeah. it's more Celine yeah. Dion, right? Yeah. My yeah. heart goes on and on. I mean, we know you love that song from the last prance, but, (laughs) but Mia, you know, I'm just going to have you talk about this first because I know Anthony probably saw like how many minutes did Taylor Horton Tucker play with the Lakers this year? Like probably 30 total. So Anthony probably saw 15 minutes of those. Well, by the time he was in, I was probably checked out too. Oh, you missed it then. You missed it. Uh, What game was it again? It was. No, I watched, I watched the Houston game that he actually played minutes that mattered. And that was incredible. I love him and his, you know, awesome farmer's tan that makes it look like somebody attached longer arms onto our chubby little rookie. It's amazing. Somebody described them as they look like, I don't know if, I don't remember if this was you or who it was, but it looks like somebody like took action figure arms off of a different action figure and like glued them on to another body. Exactly. Um, I know. Yeah. I think someone also compared his body to Mike Wazowski from Monster Sink. Oh, that's just mean. <laughs> he's just a round shape and he's got like long arms. <laughs> and like I could, after seeing that, I could not. I can't it. unsee it now either. <laughs> yeah, so, no, yeah I mean, to, be... look, to his credit, he got in closer to NBA shape by the time the playoffs rolled around. And Mia, like, what did you think of his uh, like debut, you know, I guess like rock star rookie season? 
Um, you mean that Rockets game that we watched? Yeah, okay. pretty much just that. Yeah, so I, I was a little bit familiar with THT because I know Vogel would throw him in like maybe fourth quarter garbage minutes. And, you know, it's fun to see him flail around and he's just got this wide-eyed look as in like he has no idea what he's doing, but he's going to try his best. Gosh darn it, he's going to do it for Papa Vogel. And, um, <laughs> and so when they threw him in, in the Rockets game, I think it was like the second quarter, I want to say. Yeah, it was. And I looked up and I was like, because I, I think that was the game I was about to like clock out. I was like, first half, the first quarter, I wasn't really into it. And I was like, all right, babe, I'm just going to go. Very much a bandwagon fan. Yeah. And then nothing I saw that. that. Yeah, no, nothing wrong. No, Anthony doesn't are. even watch all the games and he's paid to cover the team. So. Yeah, I was ready to clock yeah. out. But um, then I saw that THT was on the floor and I was like, well, hold on. Is it the fourth quarter? No, it's the second quarter. Oh my God, what is going on? And then he just played maybe 10 minutes of a great game, but that solidified my love for him. Yeah, you he played so well. I, I you know, I have not told this story on Twitter because I didn't want to die, but I can now with a witness here. Um he he played so well that Mia literally started crying like <laughs> yeah. a proud mom. I like did. literally was in tears. <laughs> like he tried so hard, he worked so hard for this. And I was just gonna see. Like, if we could summon those tears again no, on air. But, like, I did cry. I think I was... You also cried after he won the championship. I did, yeah. Yeah, but... which is, again, for how many of you... You all can say that you stand THT this year, but none of you cried for his debut, or I'm guessing you probably didn't. Yeah. Well, I was in tears because, you know, he did very well, and he's my son, and I'm just really proud of him. I don't know where he came from. I don't know what college he went to till maybe a couple minutes ago, but... You know, I've I've watched him grow <laughs> from the second the second quarter of that Rockets game. Yeah, it's been no, it's been a big growth process <laughs> since that point. Anthony has what, it? No, I mean not really. He no, didn't, he play didn't again, see him but, again, right? Yeah, no. So he, the growth he, process was leading played, up to that. I think exactly. he played very briefly in the next game after that, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, I don't think he could. He did. He didn't like make a sequel to that play. Yeah, so. it was not like it was not as good of a stretch, and then he was kind of done for the. I don't think he played again in the playoffs outside of maybe garbage time at some point. But Anthony, what did you see from him this year? And like, I know that you just said that. Like, I, I think what did you say before we got here that you would trade Tht for Derrick Rose? Um, but like, no, you know, no, no. Aside, I was asking you if you would trade Tht. No, for no, 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 no. I no, that's not what you said. You I didn't say no. I said I didn't say definitively. Like, yes, I would trade. I was asking you because I was. Oh, I, the I, mis- see, was I misunderstood that. Okay. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do even that. No. Um. Actually, since you kind of implanted it in my brain, and it's never going to go away, the Mike Wazowski thing. If he ever wears the Space Jam Two uniform, he's actually going to look like Mike Wazowski because he actually, God forbid, a Celtics uniform. Like. No. Well, but no, but like the the the. The Space oh, the Jam Two thing. uniforms, they have the squir- swirly things. So he's gonna, he's gonna look like. I don't. I if the Lakers ever put a movie. circular white logo in the middle of their uniform again, like the All Star ones from a couple of years ago, he really is yeah. gonna look like that. Oh man, poor kid. He can't. He can't wear number zero. No, because for the rest of his know? life. <laughs> so you brought something up though in the first half of this podcast, actually, that I wanted to bring up. That was like, you know, Pete and I have both said like we think that he could be a factor in the guard rotation this year. And you were pretty vehemently like, you don't think that that's happening. And so I would just like you to explain to Mia, uh, you know, why that's not why you don't think that's going to happen, and just break her heart live on air. I mean, are you ready to cry again, Mia? Are you you okay with that? 
Yeah, it's okay. I, it's okay. So, it's a daily thing. Usually, <laughs> champ- usually championship teams don't have 20-year-olds on them. He's going to be 21. He's going to be – is he going to be even 21 next year? He is – no, I no, honestly – No, he's right only now. 19 right now. Yeah. Because I know Tyler so, Hero's twenty. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be twenty next season. He, he's nineteen years and three hundred twenty nine days. So he yeah, will be so 20. he's not he doesn't want to or he he won't you know his body we know what his body looks like it's not it's not quite ready for. for he made a lot of progress rotation. though during the hiatus, and that makes me think that over an off season, like if he actually does work on it, which again, like that's an if, like we don't know, like not just because someone worked hard one off season doesn't mean they're going to moving forward. But I, I do think that he showed that he has skills and is someone that can at least like. Like during training camp last year, he couldn't even challenge for a rotation spot because he was still dealing with that stress reaction in his foot that he had going into summer league. And like it just lingered. That thing would not go away. And apparently those can be really persistent injuries. But like Mm -hmm. so he didn't even get a chance to make a mark in training camp, really. And so like the reason that I think that he potentially could next year is, you know, like. God willing, like he will go into training camp healthy and in better shape than he was the year before. And I think that with what we have seen from his skills, that he could potentially challenge, maybe not for an every night rotation role, but like a fifth guard type guy like Quinn Cook was, or like a change of pace type thing where he gets thrown in every third game, you know, if they feel like they need a boost or a different ball handler or whatever. You know how I am about expectations. I want to set them as low as possible and then make it super easy on my, myself to fall over the bar. And and I think like if if we set any expectations on a 20-year-old chubby kid, we're setting him up for failure. This is just, you just don't have to be this mean to him, okay? Like he might actually listen to this one. There aren't that many people podcasting about Taylor Horton Tucker right now. <laughs> Like his mom is going to pull this up. His mom's going to pull this up and it's just a parade of fat jokes. And like, (laughs) look, man, you guys can see what I look like. I don't, I am round, but I am not trying to break the rotation on, on a championship team, by the way, a team with now, if he plays, it'll be because the Lakers don't care about next regular season. And they're going to be trying out all kinds of stuff. They know what they're capable of. They know all that's going to matter. Like they won a championship this year without home court advantage. Uh, and, and if they, you know, go into next season with any kind of focus on, all right, we're just going to rest. We know exactly what we're capable of. We know what worked last year. Let's just try to recreate that as we get closer to the offs, as we get closer to the postseason. Then I think over the course of the regular season, you might see some THT minutes just because who gives a shit. Yeah, I feel the same for next season too because if he's if he's he's gonna stay right or yeah no he's still under contract. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I mean th- they could trade him, but he's still under contract. I think he's still very like Harrison wants to trade him for no. For I did not say I that. You said that. About that but <laughs> you said that. <laughs> I think because he's so new, but he did show potential in that one game, that ten minutes. I mean, that was an incredible 10, 15 minutes, but. I think they're probably going to use him to eat up garbage time or if like LeBron needs a break or AD needs a break, they'll throw him in just to have that experience. But I honestly think he'll probably grow into a really good basketball player now that he has the, you know, now he knows how it feels to win a championship, even though he didn't really help that much, but like he knows that feeling. And now he's like, Oh, I want to work towards that. Now I'm speaking for my son, THT. 
<laughs> How much did that hurt you to just turn on analyst mode and try and sound smart and like not get really mad at Anthony for saying that this like he's easy. only going to play if the Lakers you, don't care? I don't know why you don't, you complain about this. She's this literally she's easy. literally gritting her finger <laughs> like she's doing the Arthur fist meme below the camera because she wants to fight you so bad for no. insulting her son and no. calling him fat. I I see Anthony's point of view and you know I I could see a little bit of it, but I I'm more optimistic about things than you are, so. I think that's where we differ, but Do you, I get it. The devil himself is more optimistic about stuff. Than <laughs> yeah, <me>. that's true. <laughs> that's but, very true. <laughs> but I, so I, I think I think we have seen uh, the the success rate that the Lakers have at developing guys in the G League and really putting the focus there, and then you know molding them into a player that will be valuable in some small role, the way that G leaguers are usually valuable in some small role. And I think if that's, if that's his focus next year, if I got, I honestly, I don't care if he gets any minutes, can he improve so that next year he looks more consistently valuable in the way that he was in that one game against Houston. Uh, And, and I, again, I just think if we remember, who did we do this with? Was it Alex Caruso just recently? No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying the expectations thing. Remember oh, when, when, yes, when Clarkson, yes. Clarkson had like that really good rookie season, and then we were, we were, you know, hyping him up, getting at, like Derrick Rose usage towards it down the stretch, basically, yeah. because they had no one else relevant. Right, right. And then, and then he came into the next season. We saw it with Kuzma too, where they have surprising, they have surprising moments, and then the expectation is for the norm to be that surprising moment. And, and then they, you know, even through no real fault of their own, they let us down for what we made as, as lofty and borderline uh, unconscionable expectations. And, and then when they fall short of those, we see it as some kind of failure. But I, I just think the failure is on us for setting in any kind of expectation on a 19-year-old. Yeah, so... A 19-year-old chubby kid. Literally the youngest player in the league this year. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I think... I think He might be thing, one of them next year. <laughs> yeah, he probably... He will be. I, I think there are a couple things to keep in mind with this. Number one, I agree with you about... He, he does need to spend more time in the G League next year. I think regardless, like, unless he's actually playing every single night for the Lakers, which either means something has gone very well or something has gone really, really wrong. Right. Uh, he needs to play in the G League uh, like a decent amount next year to continue to get that development, to continue to work with Kobe Carl and like that pretty successful coaching staff. The youth thing is a real thing because he looked like he has these moments where it's like, oh, like that could be like a lottery guy. And that's why a lot of people were surprised he came out in the draft and didn't go back to school for one more year because a lot of people thought he would have been a lottery pick in this draft if he had gone back to college uh, after last year's draft. There's a lot about this draft. Yeah, well, that too. But um, like, I mean, he had also shown some promise in college, but clearly looked raw and like not, you know, like this high recruit, like guy that was going to go in the first round or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think that like, you have to factor in the age here too, because like these guys that we're talking about, like Clarkson, Caruso, like both have become valuable NBA players to different degrees. Even Thomas Bryant, like on a different level, Mm -hmm. he didn't quite have the breakthrough with like the Lakers parent team, but he was really good in the G league and has now become a useful player with the Washington wizards. Um, Like they can develop these guys, but the difference with those ones was like, they were older or at least uh, I know Clarkson, like Clarkson was, I believe a four-year college player. Caruso Mm -hmm. was a four-year college player and even had an extra year in the G league before he got to the Lakers. Like these are not, those are not, 
19 year olds trying to get like, you know, their NBA legs under them, trying to read plays. Even when Taylor Horton Tucker, what, uh, what Mia once called played, what Mia once called the greatest 10 minutes in NBA playoffs history. Um, <laughs> like, you know, he looked a little wild and out of control to the point where you could see at the end there, like he launched one more three yeah, and tried. Frank Vogel was like gritting his teeth through the smile as he brought him back to the bench because yeah. like, you know, like he, he, got hit, a little, he got a little cocky. He got a little out of control. I think But that's, that's, I mean, he's a 19 year old. You put him out there. He's going to be playing against like probably people he's grown up watching and playing he's like i want to prove to you and he's like a little puppy and he's like i just want to do everything i mean right. he had lebron james give him the greatest pep talk in nba history of like you just go out there we got your back you do your thing which like what 19 year old wouldn't go launch a couple up off balance 35 footers after that they're like lebron james has my back well did he just... also try to guard against james harden too or yeah to post up against look, him? yeah he tried, he tried to, post to post up him james up. harden who's like literally that's the only part of defense that james I, harden i want to know at. what james harden said after that and it's probably like he probably literally are you kidding said me? he's like what the hell are you doing man like uh-uh. so, no, well you're back. ahead dude yeah and come it, back in a couple years and do that it again. worked out because it gave the lakers energy and like he hit some shots so like it worked out but it was also the type of thing that, that could have went very wrong during that stretch if you know those shots don't go in and you know we're all t- having a different conversation about Taylor horton tucker so i guess that kind of brings us to the point of like i know every lakers fan i know you mia are very excited about him but i think like he He's going to go back to the G League, I think. To Anthony's point, we all have to be patient with yeah. him. Yeah. No, but I think if he learns how to be consistent, and I feel like the type of person he is, he's not that full of himself. I think he's just kind of this starry-eyed kid. And if in the right hands, I think he can build into a really good basketball player that can fill a lot of roles instead of being like this huge superstar. He could maybe be like an Alex Caruso where he's good in everything, in my opinion and kind of fit anywhere he needs to be instead of having that one role and being like, I have to be the best at this. I'm amazed at your reservation right now that you're saying he's not a future superstar. This is I not. I think he's, he's, he's in the is, running to be a future superstar. I think he is, has is one of the roles he could fulfill Harrison replacement. Is that, is that one? Of I the mean, roles? honestly, Anthony replacement, possibly look like no, he can also, if he wanted to, he can go. It's a, this is like these player comp things where they only compare them to guys of the similar body type. They're like, I think he could be like a Boris Diaw or Anthony Irwin type player. He can like, go scare children. He, it wouldn't harness be compared to me screens. though. I'm left-handed. Yeah, they, I, I you think, never get the cross-hand comparison. Really got my Monster joke, but no, I got, I got it. You got it. Mike Wazowski. Whatever. It's yeah, fell. it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the, anyway, the thing, the the last thing I have on on Taylor Horton, Taylor Horton Tucker, is I think he needs to to figure out as quickly as possible what position he plays. Because yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm still not, I'm not, I'm still not really. I'm sure. not sure either. That that is a big part of it. Well, he's a big and, boy. He could be a defender. Like okay, that's so not either, position, but whatever. either either you're. <laughs> Either you're versatile or you're a tweener, and and what you don't want, like there are some players who are like he's literally too... almost a tweener, like from an age perspective. But like, right, yeah, you know, yeah. Too, right. <laughs> so he's yeah, and and so I I think the sooner the sooner he and and you know the Lakers, this is where I think they've been good, right? They've they've been very good at you know identifying skill sets. Whether it's Kaycock, right, where he's more of a rim runner, rim protector guy, hustle guy, rebounder, yeah, yeah, like all right, that's what you're good at. Caruso, you are basically Jesus, and and you're going to work <laughs> on being Jesus. Or for like for for Tucker, they got to they got to identify. All right, is he going to be 
like a KCP type point guard where he brings up the ball every so often and then just passes it to LeBron or by the time he is ready to be a rotation player, will LeBron have moved into a different era or, 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 or age group, right? Where he isn't, he, he needs somebody with the ball a little bit more. He needs some more creative help. How much help um, and, does LeBron need? Does THT have to come in and like step up and take a bigger role well, and be that third? Well, star? can can LeBron help <laughs> THT? Is my question. Yeah, <laughs> I can. Can can you know? Can LeBron help on the fringes enough so that when it's THT's team, you know, we're ready to go? <laughs> can LeBron adapt to like to like for the Taylor Horton Tucker coronation in a couple of years? Can he learn to play off the ball a little bit more to fit exactly. in with future superstar THT? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, no, I, I see. AD is going to have to work on his spot up shooting, and LeBron's going to have to work on his spot up shooting, and then just get the fuck out the way. No, the the thing, <laughs> the reason for for anyone that didn't really watch him in the G League this year, or like isn't that wasn't that enamored with his playoff minutes, and you're wondering why we're spending 20 minutes on it. My answer is that it is the NBA offseason. But my other answer is that like he does have tools that make you think like, okay, there might be like I hear what you're saying about finding a limited role like where he can make an impact, and I think. Kuzma deserves a lot of credit for that too. Like he figured out that by cutting and playing really hard on defense and like taking, you know, an opposing wing score, he could make an impact on this Lakers team. I think THT mm-hmm. is going to have to have a similar thing, at least to get minutes for now, even if he ultimately has potentially more promise than that, like figure out a way to use those arms to make a defensive impact and like make rotations and contest shots and whatever. The reason that I actually am high on him and why I think a lot of draft Knicks were as well is like, you can't teach wingspan like he has yeah. and his size and his mobility. And he also is like, nor this is maybe the first time this has not been used for a white guy, but he is deceptively athletic he and is. it's in the way of like, it's the Boris Diaw mold where like, because of how, large he is you don't necessarily (laughs) expect him to be able to jump out of the gym but he can jump like he has hops Mm -hmm. a little bit and there were moments in the g league where he was he would catch guys as by surprise as a weak side shot blocker he still was i think on aggregate a bad defender but he has these moments where he does these things that you can't teach so if they can teach him the fundamental stuff like there really might be something there where he could be a guy that could take a ball handling role be like you know a guy that gets to the rim and is able to finish over defenders because of that wingspan and able to protect the rim a little bit too again like that's pie in the sky years down the road but I agree with you that like you know until he can be that guy he's going to have to find smaller avenues where he can make an impact whether it's as a passer whether it's as like a change of pace getting to the basket guy whether it's like just defending like he probably does need to find one skill and hone it to that NBA level if he's going to have a hope to make an impact next year yeah like he can't be a jack of all traded master of none yeah exactly yeah look at you you were worried you weren't going to be able to make points on here (laughs) what we what we have is is another situation where we're going to be doing a show next year and i'm going to ask if he has an nba level skill yeah we're gonna it's gonna be who did you do that about was oh it was ingram Ingram. honestly (laughs) if that can go as well as ingram's career like can you ask if he has an nba level skill and we'll clip that and then jinx him into greatness just like you did with ingram I mean, do I even have to ask? He doesn't, right? Yeah, I mean, actually, right now, you may not be wrong. Like, he may not have an NBA <laughs> consistent level skill. I, I mean, I guess, like, ball handling, maybe? I don't know. Like, he, he's probably not. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just mean. All right, Mia, any final thoughts on uh, on your baby boy? I think my baby boy, I think people should have 
mid-range expectations for him. I still want him to succeed. He seems like a very sweet person and very, very, very lucky to be in this situation. And I just don't want him to screw it up. You know, there's not a lot of people that can say I'm 19 years old and I played on the Lakers when they won the championship. Yeah, even the guys on JaVale, I don't know, Anthony, I don't know if you watch JaVale's post-championship vlog or whatever, but as they were all getting on the bus, like J.R. Smith was just laughing at how happy Taylor Horton Tucker was because he's like, <laughs> you think it's going to be like this every year? Like, just like that. Like, <laughs> he's like, look just, at him. He's like, Ch-, and the Taylor's like, you see Champion these bags under my like, eyes? This is what life does, kid. <laughs> J.R.'s like, eventually you are going to make a mistake that you will never live down. And you're just going to take your shirt off at any point because that's your brand. Just grabbed him. Do not forget the clock. <laughs> There's uh, a shot clock for a reason. Hey, um, I got I no. to say, I got to say, I'm, I'm very impressed with Mama Mia. Yeah, I think. Thank you. Yes. No, she, you did great. And I'm proud of you. I, I think to your point about him being excited, it was one of my favorite anecdotes of a feature that we've run this year was Alex. We sent him to like, which number one, like Alex is a THT level or better journalism prospect. Like his second profile ever, this thing was killer on THT. Um, and we sent him to go talk to THT at the South Bay Lakers, like practice facility. And he mentioned Alex, you know, the bravest young journalist alive mentions that Talon's rookie nickname on Lakers Twitter is Talon Horton thicker and instead of being upset about this Talon was excited that people knew who he was like that's how wide-eyed of like a 19 year old kid like he's like I didn't even know that people knew me to have a nickname like so yes he's very excited at the opportunity and you have to hope that he can take that and translate it into wanting to be a Laker for a long time he grew up a Kobe fan his mom grew up a Kobe fan like you know this is something that actually does mean a lot to him you're at that stage yeah we're at that stage where these guys' moms are the fans of the guys that we grew up watching. Yeah, what actually, the, I guess that's true. I mean, look, he's 19, hell? so he's a little <laughs> on the younger side. But but I think out of all of this, this 20 minutes of talking about THT, I think the only takeaway that people should take away from is protect THT at all costs. Yeah, yeah. I think that's... I, I don't want him to go down a road where the, there's drugs, alcohol... Just oh my God, all right, all right, all right. We're going to stop. There's no reason to expect that any of that is down the <laughs> it road could happen, THT. but... He's no, so no, young. it can't. It's not going to happen. Stop. <laughs> I'm just saying we need to protect him. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. That's all right. Yes. Everyone make sure that you don't. I mean, also, like he is 20 and had to drink orange juice at these celebrations. Like literally, he said that. Yeah, when they were we like, don't know if you put anything in the orange juice. I wouldn't put it past him. But, you know, that poor kid fine. was dealing with the worst He's ice okay. cream hangover the day after the <laughs> celebration. Like he just like he went ham at the Sunday bar <laughs> while everyone else was drinking like him. Dion Waiters, his kid, like all, like mm-hmm. him and the Lakers kids at the kid table. Like all just went crazy on ice. No, I, I'm pretty sure LeBron like snuck him a little like alcohol. He's like, I no, it was definitely anymore. Rondo. You saw Rondo give his kid the champagne. Oh, bottle. Actually, so Rondo anyone, definitely it was, snuck. It was J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith just shoved the Henny bottle in his his hand. Like, drink it. I won't tell anyone. Yeah. Walked away, and he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. J.R. Rondo. I won't tell I anyone. Why are you recording this? Why are you on Instagram <laughs> Live doing this? <laughs> <laughs> JR's trying to get him like in prison so that he could be back on the roster next year. Like they have a hole at guard, like trying to undermine him. No, we're protecting him. Um, all right. That was not the ending to this podcast that I expected, but that's why I brought you on for stuff like that. Um, Anthony, I appreciate, I always appreciate getting to do pods with you. It's like old times. Like I'm glad yeah. that we don't have to talk to each other five days a week anymore because look, I think it was driving both of us crazy. It's not me. It's you. Um, mm-hmm. But like, you know, I am always You're the one who started losing your hair, so it obviously had a, a, a greater impact on Yeah, that. that's true. I mean, it, it is an upset alert that I think I take better care of my body than you do, and I eat better, and I don't 
have a child and somehow you look younger. Uh, it's not upsetting at all. Uh, but, you know. Anyway, this has been the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. We appreciate all of you listening. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at HM Fagan. You can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony Irwin LA. I would not advise you to do that. You can follow me on Twitter at Mia Agraviador. And uh, we will be, or somebody, Alex and Alex, will be back with you tomorrow, most likely, uh, with probably another player review. Give us a five star review. We're going to be podcasting throughout the offseason. That helps us out. If you know, if you enjoyed the show, please five star review. If you didn't, don't leave a review because please, no one stars. Uh, but anyway, this has been the Silver Screen Roll podcast, and we will uh, talk to you all later. 